This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. People with Parkinson's disease are admitted to a hospital more often than their peers and are at a higher risk of unnecessary complications of PD. To address this, the Parkinson's Foundation developed the Aware in Care Kit, a valuable set of tools in the form of a small bag that people with PD can obtain free of charge from the Foundation and use to prepare for a hospitalization as well as use during their stay. Among other things, it allows a person to list medications that they are taking and to give instructions to hospital staff about the need to administer them on time, every time, as well as providing a list of medications that should not be given to them. Often, hospital staff initially are not aware of these unique needs of people with PD, nor do their systems accommodate these needs. To fill this gap of knowledge, the Parkinson's Foundation created an outreach program called Aware in Care Ambassadors, consisting of people impacted by PD who educate hospital staff and support groups across the country. These volunteers are crucial to help educate staffs and to help implement ways for hospitals to administer the best care for people with PD. Here we present a success story and the lessons it provides. Aware in Care Ambassador Kathy McMurray, herself someone with PD, reached out to Deaconess Health System in Evansville, Indiana, where she lives, and worked with nurse administrator Sarah Holman. Together, they were able to implement some best practices for treating people with PD. Kathy starts off telling what drove her to become an Aware in Care ambassador. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC the truest story never told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. tell you my experience. In 2014, I had a deep brain stimulation surgery at a Parkinson's Foundation Center of Excellence Hospital. And after I got released from the hospital, I had to be readmitted through the emergency room. I spent 14 hours without my Parkinson's meds, and that was miserable. So then I learned about the new Aware and Care Ambassador Program that the Parkinson's Foundation 
was starting and I knew I wanted to apply. It's very important that people receive their meds on time, all the time, every time. And that's the goal of the Wear and Care program. So have you been going around educating hospitals about this? Yes. We have two local hospitals, and I've been to the neurologist's offices and informed them about the program, and I've been able to give them lots of resources about Parkinson's that they didn't have in the past. It sounds like one of your biggest successes was working with Sarah. Definitely. Sarah is my go-to person at Deaconess. If I have new things I want to share about Parkinson's, she's who I contact because she gets things done. She's so receptive to receiving new information and learning about best practices from other organizations. And after some symposium I attended at Deaconess Hospital, I saw Sarah and I told her about the new Aware and Care program. How did you initially establish a rapport or relationship? Well, you know, I don't really know how we first met. Do you remember, Sarah? I was trying to think about that. I feel like we met at one of the Parkinson's events, the Parkinson's Symposium. We were there. Kathy and I met through uh, one of our tables talking about some of the new services that we were working on, and it just kind of grew from there. What were your goals when you first started talking to Kathy? I was new, actually, to the neuro side of the service line. So Parkinson's was something that was very unfamiliar to me, but I also knew that we had a huge gap in our community around this specific disease because we did not have those specialists in place. And so for me, the experts were the patients. And so listening to her story and just meeting with her and others with the same disease, I was really able to gain, you know, what was out there, start doing my own literature review of what's best practices and how can we integrate this into the whole health system, which is across multiple campuses, not just in one specific location. From either of your perspectives, did you run into any obstacles trying to get the Aware and Care program instituted and even get traction in the electronic medical record? Well, when I told Sarah, and Sarah basically knew who I needed to contact, and she contacted the pharmacy, and Sarah really got it going after I told her why it was so important. Typically, with medications, any medication that anybody's on, we check those with the patient. We go over the full list whenever they get there, and then we auto-defer those. Every single patient gets medicines. If it's twice a day, it's at the exact same time. It's 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. We didn't take into consideration those like Parkinson's patients that need to be on a specific regimen or they get altered and their symptoms flare up. We never took that into consideration before. And so what we did was work with our pharmacy team who built into our electronic medical record a way that it will flag the Parkinson's medications and so that they will know what the patient takes them at home and put them on the exact same dose and not do the auto-defer for the times that we normally timestamp our meds and give them to our patients. So it was a lot of education. It's still ongoing, actually, so that staff know why we do that. They don't go in and try to change it to those auto-defer times, but basically in the record, it's a hard stop. They can't change those times. We just need to get the word out as to why. Did you also have to involve the IT department? the ones that actually change things in the computers to uh, implement these changes? 
We have a special pharmacy team that is not only IT, but they are also pharmacists. So they were able to work through that specific workflow, knowing what they needed from the medical standpoint, but also being into the IT realm, they knew how to do those things. It was maybe a four-hour build. It was not a lot of time spent, but the value to the patient is huge. And the other thing with the wearing care kit, it's so important because so many pain medicines are contraindicated with the Parkinson's medicines, and that was all new to me. I didn't know that till I went through the training. So with the pharmacy being involved, that was critical to help the patient's not staying in the hospital longer. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least, Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real life on the go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy, who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. It sounds like there's a lot of moving parts here. When you come right down to it, it's usually the floor nurses who administer medications. How did they take to these changes? It kind of disrupts the schedule. It does in a sense that they're not used to giving medicines at a specific time that's off of our normal queue, but they've adapted if it says to give it at that time. There's not been pushback or any issues with that. It's just truly it was the educational piece. Have either of you run into or approached patients to find out their take on being in a hospital with a system like this, especially if they've been somewhere else where it was just by the clock twice a day or three times a day? Yes, I talked with someone who had a knee replacement surgery, and they were thrilled with the process. They said it it was easy on them to go into the hospital, get their medicine as they did at home, and then they were able to go be released just like a, quote, normal person. The wear and care kit itself contains a list of medications, and I assume times and dosages and things like that. Do they just hand that in and things get rolling according to that, or how does this work sort of on the ground? All of our patients, no matter what they're coming in for, whatever diagnosis, we do what we call a medication reconciliation with them, and we go through every single medication that they take at home normally and what dose that is, what frequency that is, and we have our pharmacy staff that actually goes over that. We check those med recs several times. The nurse checks it. The pharmacy comes back and does a recheck. So there's a couple of stop gaps that if it was missed in one spot, it could be picked up in another spot. So after that's done, the pharmacy person being the final 
MedRec person would be the one to give them the information about the Parkinson's Awareness Pack. We did get a sample of packs that we have to hand out. We also have the cards as to how they can go online and get it themselves as well. In the packet has packet of tear-off sheets with the contraindicated drugs that the patient can tear off and give to every nurse who comes in at every shift and explain, shows a list of the contraindicated drugs to help make sure that the information is passed along. Kathy, when you started doing this or approaching Deaconess, did you really expect things would come out this well, or what was your expectation? Actually, no. I thought I'd give them the wearing care kits and I wouldn't really know what was going to happen. But on the other hand, working with Sarah, she's proven time and again how great she is to make changes that are necessary for our Parkinson's patients. Because there's approximately 2,500 patients in our community and she's critical. She helped hire the first ever movement disorder specialist here in Evansville that we got in August of this year in southern Indiana that didn't have very many educated Parkinson's physicians. So I can't thank Sarah enough for everything she's done. I guess from each of you, what would be your advice to someone in your position trying to get traction with a local hospital or hospitals? Uh, Kathy, what would you say is a good approach and maybe a key to this thing? The key is you have to find somebody and talk to them personally. It's a personal connection you have. I don't think if you just call on the phone, you're going to have as much reception as you will if you're actually able to talk to some people to find out who the right person to initiate this kind of change would be. I suppose also having a win under your belt or under someone's belt when another ambassador for the Aware and Care program approaches a hospital with some uh, success story could move it along. I think that's definitely true. And, sir, from your point of view, is what Kathy was doing the right approach for everyone? Could you suggest other ways in, or is that the best way, just one-on-one approach with a champion within the hospital? Definitely think her approach is key, and what we don't do as healthcare providers very well is listen to our patients, and that's absolutely what we have to do in order to get the results that we want. And so having that connection and that relationship, she is exactly right. That's how you get those wins. Have you become known as the Parkinson's Hospital now? Do you get more patients coming because they know they're going to get good care for whatever other condition they're getting because it will also take into account their Parkinson's? I wouldn't say that we've gained market share necessarily with this population, but I do know that the community word spreads quickly, especially with the Parkinson's population. And so this will be rapid fire and everybody will know that this is our protocol. The first time that we have a Parkinson's patient come in and they don't get this treatment, they will absolutely know and it will get back to me. (laughs) So I feel like while it's not maybe creating more patients, at least the quality of care to those that we do have, is very, very strong and consistent. What have we missed or that you think is important to add? The only thing I would say is hopefully we can take the information that Sarah and her team have learned and push that out to other electronic management record systems so it's easier for people to get this kind of care nationwide.
how far have you gotten with providers of electronic medical record systems? Have you talked to them? Are they receptive? I have not networked with any others. We're on Epic, which is a pretty wide-known system. That is our next step. We do want to take it to the Epic team and see if we could roll this out to other organizations as best practice. We do have affiliations in multiple hospitals, and so that is our next step. We just have not gotten there yet. Very good. I appreciate it. It all sounds good. I congratulate you for your efforts, and it's, it's worked. Thank you all for listening, and until next time. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.